You're now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. Amen. Notice Matthew, the 20th chapter. Notice Matthew, the 20th chapter. Amen. Notice Matthew chapter number 20. And let's notice verse number 29. We're going to read all the way down to verse number 34. We're going to do some reading throughout uh, this teaching on this morning. Matthew 20 and looking at or starting at verse number 29. We will read all the way down to verse 34, and that is where we will conclude reading. Matthew 20 and 29, the Bible says, Now as they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him, or Jesus. Notice this. Now as they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him, or Jesus. And behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. Then the multitude warned them that they should be quiet. But they cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us. O Lord, son of David. So Jesus stood still and called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be open. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight. This is what I love. And they followed him. But notice it all took place because of verse 30. Behold, two blind men sitting by the road when they heard that Jesus was passing by. It moved them. It motivated them to cry out, to get their miracle, to get their breakthrough. Come on, somebody. Sometimes we don't get a miracle because we're not motivated for it. We don't get a breakthrough because we're not moved the way that we need to be moved. Now notice they heard about Jesus. They heard about Jesus. We know, of course, through the many teachings that I have been doing, that Jesus equates truth. When they heard truth, because according to John 14 and 6, Jesus again said, I am the way, I am the truth. And so Jesus motivated them a hearing about Jesus motivated them to cry out to cry out knowing that he could help them knowing that he could solve their problem and so based upon that our subject this morning is coming in the form of a question look at a neighbor and ask your neighbor does hearing the truth motivate you Look at somebody else, ask him or her, does hearing the truth motivate you? 
You got to look at one more person. Ask them this question like you serious, like you really want an answer. Ask him or her, does hearing the truth motivate you? Come on, let's give him a praise for this morning's subject. Which again is, does hearing the truth motivate you? According to John 1 and 1, the Bible said, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we know that Jesus is the Word. He is the Word. But Jesus said in John 17 and 17, he said, sanctify them through thy truth. Then he said, thy Word is truth. And so we know according to what Jesus again said in John 17 and 17 that truth is also God's word. Why is that important? Because when we consider John 8:31 and following, Jesus said, "If you abide in my words, he said, you are my disciples indeed." He said, you will know the truth or the word and the truth or the word will make you free. So the truth or the word has creative power. The truth or the word has creative power. I ain't going to move on to somebody get happy. The truth or the word has creative power. That ain't good enough. The truth or the word has creative power. Power. That ain't good enough. The truth of the word has creative power. Has made you what you are this morning. Has prospered you. Has healed you. Has delivered you. Has made a way for you. Come on. The truth. The word has power. Is that right? Made me what I am today. And even taking me further. Y'all didn't hear me. I said it's taking me further. But I recognize it's taking me step. Whoa, I thought y'all were ready this morning. The truth of the word has power. See, the reason you got to get excited is because you're talking about something you know or something you have experienced. I don't expect nobody to get happy who hadn't experienced it. But if you say the word changed your life, I'm looking for you to get happy. I said, I'm looking for you to get happy. I want you happy even if you're tired. I want you happy even if you're battling a headache. I want you happy if you worked all night last night. But when folk get to talking about the truth, it makes you happy. Am I right about that? You can't talk about the word around me and I don't get excited. Not if you know what you're talking about. Because I am a product of the word. Come on, I said I'm a product of the word. You want to see what the word can do? Look at me. But you ain't got to stop with me. If you're a product, tell somebody, you better look at me. I'm a product of truth in action. Whoa, I'm a product of truth in, in action. 
And so if we know this, when it come to hearing truth, no doubt truth should motivate us. Should motivate us. Truth should motivate men more than sports. Truth should motivate men more than video games. Come on. Truth should motivate women more than makeup. Truth should motivate women more than shop. Nothing should motivate you like the truth. If it does, something is wrong with you. Something is wrong with you. Notice again, I'm asking this morning, does hearing the truth motivate you? I'm going to deal with what it means to motivate, but let's, let's deal with hearing. Does hearing the truth. When you think about the word hearing, you have to consider that it simply means to listen. Just to listen. Like what many of you are doing right now. You're hearing. You're hearing me teach. You're hearing me preach. You are. You're listening. But listening is not enough. Look at James. Look at James. Listening is not enough. And I appreciate you being here this morning. I do. Don't leave and think I don't appreciate you coming because I do. I appreciate you being here. But being here, just listening, just hearing only, it's not enough. It's not enough. Look look what James said in James 1, 22. James is in the back of the Bible. Back of the Bible. Back of the New Testament. Near and toward the end. Notice the book of James. Remember, if you don't know. Go to the table of contents. And you should be trying to find it in your Bibles. I forgot to do the Bible check. Y'all forgot to, to remind me. I'll get you next Sunday, Lord Will. Notice James 1 and verse 22. We're talking about just listening, just hearing only is not enough. Notice why Pastor said that it's Bible, why I say it. James 1 and verse 22. But be doers of the word are true and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves see see when you listen only you ain't fooling me coming to church going through the motions is not enough i know there are crooked preachers who are convincing people that they're okay just coming just hearing the word and doing nothing with what they hear but the devil is a light that's not enough it's not enough to go through the motions because Jesus, who is supposed to be your Lord and your Savior, didn't just go through the motions. No, he don't want you lukewarm. See, when you hear the word only, you are simply a lukewarm Christian. That's all you is. You may look good on the outside, but there's definitely something that should be going on on the inside that's not happening with you. And that's when you think you're okay hearing the word, but not responding to the word, not being motivated by the word. Come on. You remember what he said in Revelation? If you look warm, he said, I'll spew you or I'll spit you out of my mouth. You need to be cold or you need to be hot. 
Now he wasn't talking about be cold in the sense of don't want nothing to do with God or be hot or on fire for God. No, he was considering warm springs. He was comparing it. He was doing an illustration which said if you cold, you can be refreshing. If you hot, you can be soothing. But some way or another, you should be beneficial. And not just sit up taking up space. But you got people who listen only. And that's the reason their lives are not being transformed the way that God want them to be transformed. Because when a person listens, and many of us have told folk this. We've told folk, yeah, I heard you. How many of you ever told somebody, yeah, I heard you. But, but you wasn't about to respond to anything that they said, yeah, I heard you. And they can even ask, did you hit me? Yeah, I heard you. But what you were really telling was, I heard you, but I'm not paying you any, any attention. And as powerful as God is, he gives us the right to hear him and pay him no mind. God will allow you to ignore him. But see, the thing about God, you can ignore certain people because you may never need them. But the nerve of you to ignore God, who you definitely need. Come on, that's one to preach right there. I need him too bad to ignore him. So every time he speaks, I not only need to hear or listen, but it needs to motivate. Come on, somebody. And so when you're listening right, you listen with a mindset to respond or obey. See, when you're listening right or correctly, you're listening with a mindset, a will, a determination to respond or obey. Which says that I didn't just come to church just to come this morning. A whole lot of things I could have been doing right now. But I came with a mindset of saying, Lord, feed me. Feed me from on, on high. And I don't want just a little bit. I want him to feed me to my cup. Some of y'all don't want your cup running over. If you got a little in your cup, you think a little do now. When it comes to the word, I want my cup to overflow. Feed me that manna from heaven. Whoa. There's like nothing else that I can get. See, because the truth of the matter is, is that what bona fide pastors and prophets release, you can't get from the news. Come on. You can't get it there. Am I right about that? So let's consider what it means to be motivated. And then you're going to ask yourself all over again, does hearing truth motivate you? Number one, when you're motivated, you are moved to take action. You're moved to take action. Let me tell you, there are times that God sends his word and the thing he wants out of his people is that his people will be motivated, moved to take action and repent. 
Not just ask forgiveness, because asking for forgiveness is a part of repentance. But God wants us to take action, repent, which means turn from your ways. Have a change of heart. And do you know there are times that God specifically sends forth certain portions of a message just to deal with his people's heart because he needs them to repent in some areas. Need you to get some things right. And I love that about God. I love it that God can see me in a place that I shouldn't be. And he'll send me a word. He'll talk to me. He'll deal with me. Even if nobody in the sanctuary know why that word is coming. Yet I know what I did that I shouldn't have did. I know what I said that I should have kept in. Good God, how many times do we come to church and God deal with us? About something that happened at the house. He deal with us about a nasty stink attitude in the drive through line at Wendy's. He deals with us about our impatience. He deal with us. If you truly say God going to deal with you. If he don't get you in this sanctuary, he going to get you in your private prayer. But he going he gonna to deal. He'll get you driving down 20. He'll get you going up 166. If you his child, he'll get you. Oh, you better preach that. Tell somebody he'll get you. He'll uh, tell two more folk like you excited. He'll get you. He'll, he'll get you. He'll get the preacher. I said he'll get the preacher. He'll get the first lady. He'll get the deacons. He'll get the ministers. He'll get husbands. He'll get husbands. I ain't moving to women get excited. Married women. He'll get husbands. You ain't always got to fuss him out. God will get him. God will deal with him. God will chastise him. Sometimes women need to shut up and let God get him. I got women sitting there like, no, Pastor God moved too slow. I got to get him myself. I got to straighten him my. We mess up sometimes we don't let God get folk. Am I right about it? How many women ever did it? How many, is it proven women? Is it proven wives? I'm talking to wives right now. When God get that husband, will he cause them to come in the room and say, excuse me, baby, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. I, I, forgive me. Go on back and watch your movie, but, but just forgive me. Just know that I... Now, I'll flip it, but I ain't got time. He'll get them wives, too, now. Yeah, he will. He'll get them. He'll get them, man. You ain't got to always go stepping in there, putting your foot down to my... I'm the head. Let God teach you that you the head. Let God show up. You move to action. Suffering, I can't go to any church. I can't sit up under any kind of word. That word has to be anointed. It has to be that which will move me to action. That's when we sing the word. I said we sing the word. We don't sing any song here at a place of refuge. Why? Because even our singing needs to move us to action. If we say clap your hand, it's because the Bible said clap. If we talking about dancing, it's in the scriptures. Number two, you are stirred. It is to stir or to stimulate enthusiasm. When you're motivated, it is to stir or to stimulate 
enthusiasm. Again, if you're a part of a church and the word is going forth, I don't understand why you don't praise God during the praise service. I don't understand why you don't ever move. And let me drop one on you. The seat that's in front of you, it ain't going nowhere. You ain't got to hold it down. It ain't going nowhere. You can let it go. You can lift up your hands. Give God the praise. You can wave your hands. My God, we even in a church where you at the appropriate time, at the appropriate time, you can run around the church. You can get what the old folk used to call. You can get your praise. And ain't nobody going to come fanning you, trying to cool you off because you're getting your praise on. Not in this church. If they do it, they're going to be rebuked. Because that ain't what we do. Am I right? Because when you're motivated by hearing the truth, it will stimulate or stir you to have enthusiasm. And the world would not be more joyful about serving the devil than I am serving God. Won't happen. And then finally, which is probably our most important definition of motivated, when you are motivated, you are pushed to persevere. You are pushed to persevere. God himself knows week in and week out when you come to hear the truth, you're going to be challenged concerning what you hear. So if you think just getting excited in here, Move to action in the church is enough. It's not. It's not. Because there's a whole lot happening outside of there. Watch this. That's waiting on you when you leave here. How much truth was truly deposited in you will be revealed Monday morning when a co-worker is coming at you in an unjust way. See, how much word was truly deposited in you is going to determine your response to a negative supervisor. Now, if that word didn't get truly deposited in you, then you shouldn't be surprised if you cut somebody out at work. Come on. Because what you hear, you will be tested on. You know, that's what teachers do in the secular system. They teach, they call students to hear, and then later on they give a test to see what really got in there. How much word is really in you? And see, when you truly motivated, you will push to persevere. Despite what you go through, you will push. You, I heard the truth. The truth motivated me, and I am pushed to persevere despite the things that I go through. Now, here's what you need to understand. Some will hear and will not be motivated. I pastor some, so I know that's true. Come on. It don't matter. You preach, they ain't motivated. Who? They ain't motivated. Teach, they ain't motivated. You're just dealing with a type of person. For a number of reasons, they're just like coming to church. Come on. I used to have uh, uh, kinfolk. I ain't going to call no names. But all throughout the week, they live like sinners. But Sunday morning, you're going to hear gospel music. That's the only thing. Gospel music, period. To, up to about 1 or 2, 2 p.m. Come on, some of you grew up at home like that. You're going to hear gospel. Because they felt like Sunday 
was the law's day. But can I drop one on you? Monday. Tuesday. Wednesday. Thursday. Friday. Saturday. If you don't understand that some will not be motivated, their lack of motivation can kill your motivation. Come on. Everybody in your row, everybody in your section ain't going to give him praise. What is that going to do to you? See, everybody ain't going to be motivated. But is that going to kill your motivation? I heard Minister Gamble say, no, it ain't going to kill hers. Let's look biblically at for hearing the truth. Let's look at some being motivated. But let's catch in the scripture clearly that everyone wasn't motivated. Look at Exodus. Look at Exodus. And I believe Exodus is what? Second book? Second book of the Bible. It's going to be an easy one to find. Exodus 35. Second book of the Bible. First book of the Bible is what? Whew, man, y'all know y'all Bible. Exodus. <laughs> Exodus 35. Somebody say, well, he go to a lot of scripture. Yeah, that's a good thing, though. Still teaching out the Bible. Exodus 35. And let's pick it up at verse number four. Let's pick it up at verse number four. Because now while you turn to Exodus 35, understand that some folk lack of motivation will always be blamed on the preacher. Come on. Y'all have did it. Some of you. I wasn't moved today. Pastor didn't hit it today. But, but let me ask you this. How can I miss it if I'm coming from the word? How can I miss it if I'm truly line upon line, precept upon precept? I'm going here a little and there a little. How am I missing it? See, see which makes you ask the question, am I missing it or are you no longer hungry? Because the hardest thing to do is to feed somebody who ain't hungry. That's a hard task. What you want to do? I don't know. I need to know what to cook. I don't know. I don't. But get hungry. A hungry person actually what you got. I know some of us picking. We don't eat certain stuff. But some of you ain't never been truly hungry. That same thing you turn down to my I don't like it. <laughs> Exodus 35. Oh, Lord, I'm going to leave that alone. Exodus 35, verse number four. Mm. And Moses spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Now he's going to give them God's word. Take from among you an offering to the Lord. Whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it as an offering to the Lord. 
gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, scarlet thread, fine linen, goat's hair, ram skins dyed red, badger skin, a kale wood. And Moses began to name just a number of things that they needed to bring as an offering to the Lord. This offering, of course, is for the building of the tabernacle or the kingdom of God. See, one thing you got to recognize about giving is that the Bible talks more about giving than any subject in the Bible. And you can never limit giving to just the tithe and the offering. There's so much more going on in Scripture when we consider how we give to God. Now, here is Moses telling the people we need to build the tabernacle. It needs to look a certain way. And so what I want y'all to do, based upon what you have, I want you to bring the Lord an offering. Listen, Moses knew everybody didn't have gold. Oh, teach this thing, Pastor. But he wanted it to be to the point to where nobody would be without excuse from bringing something. If you don't have gold, bring silver. If you don't have silver, bring bronze. And so he just kept naming a number of things. It's just like when the word comes forth here, sometimes the word will ask us to do things. It will ask men to meet. It will ask women to gather together. That ain't a person asking you. That's God using a person to summon you. Come on. The same way God summoned you to the sanctuary, he'll summon you to the parking lot. Yeah, he will. But see, you got to understand, leaders, when you summon the people because God told you to summon them, you can't be surprised when some don't show. They wasn't motivated. By what they heard. So here he is. Mo, uh, calling them right. They're hearing the word. But now let's drop down to verse 20. Because Moses will continue asking them. To bring certain stuff. And if you search like a kale wood. And all this type of stuff. This wasn't no cheap stuff now. Come on. No, notice Exodus 35 verse 20. And all the congregation of the children of Israel. Departed from the presence of Moses. So, so it's just like God do us. Sometimes we get the opportunity to hear the word, and then we go home. We hear the word, we go home. But while at home, you got to decide a lot of times what you're going to do in reference to that word you heard. Are y'all with me? Now notice, notice this. See, can you catch this in verse 21? Then everyone came whose heart was stirred. And everyone whose spirit was willing and they brought the Lord's offering for the work of the tabernacle of meeting for all its service and for the holy garment. But don't miss it. Verse 21 again. Then everyone came whose heart was what? What is the implication? Everybody's heart wasn't stirred. Everybody didn't come back. Everybody heard the word, but watch this. Not everybody responded to the word. Do y'all see it? He, he is specific. Everyone whose heart was stirred came. Everyone who had a willing spirit. A willing spirit deals with a willing attitude. 
Woo! Some folk want to do God's work when they want to do it. You hear me? When they want to do it. And so their response a lot of times will not be there because what was said did not motivate them. And tell your neighbor, like it or not, no use crying over people who are not motivated. No use begging folk who are not motivated. My prayer for this church, for this small congregation, is that whatever gifts a person has who is not motivated to use them, I pray God strip them of every one of them. And give it to somebody who will use it. Put it in somebody who has a willing spirit. Woo, I know I'm making somebody mad now. What good is it to be good at something, but you don't have a willing spirit? There are women in here know how to clean up, but now ask them if they house clean. That's a different story. They might not have a willing spirit to clean up. They might not think cleaning up is important to God, but it is. I know I'm teaching right. See, there come a time that, that, that you got to make sure that you don't allow your motivation to suffer because others are not motivated. This is a word for this church because God about to take us to another level. And some of what God going to do He's already let me know I'm going to send the help that you need. I'm going to summon people from the north, the south, the east, the west, near and far to a place of refuge Newman. For what I want to do in this place in the next chapter or in this chapter that you're turning to. See, he's going to send it. He's going to send it. But God is also through the word going to stir gifts that are already in people. That's a, see, that's a good thing if you really took heed to what I just said. Because when it come to me, I want every gift in me stirred. Let me preach my heart for a minute. I want to maximize every gift that God has placed in me. That when it's my time to go be with him, ain't nothing left in me. Everything he gave me, I poured it out. Everything he gave me, I poured it out. I gave him my all. I can say like Paul, I fought a good... I finished. Be seated. The nerve of you not to maximize what he gave you. Well, see, you're not maximizing it because the word of the truth is not stirring you anymore. Look at Luke. I'm about to bring it in. And see, a lot of people are not even aware. They have so deceived themselves. A lot of folk not even saved anymore. They don't recognize the Holy Spirit has left them. He no longer dwells in them. And they are like Samson. They're moving. 
But the Bible says Samson did not know that the Spirit had left him until his enemies seized him. And the reason Samson knew the Holy Spirit had left him because he knew what he used to defeat. I'm, I'm teaching right. I'm teaching better than some of y'all list. When depression shows up, but you defeat it and you kick it out the door, you know the Holy Ghost with you. You know you're still anointed. But when depression starts showing up, whenever it feels like it, and it starts locking you down, There are folks I know right now, I couldn't tell them, but they're not even saved no more. Holy Spirit departed from them because of disobedience. And they still think they're all right. I'm good, Pastor. Brother, you anything but good. Sister, you anything but good. Do you hear me? He shook himself. He did what he normally do to get loose. Y'all better hear me. That's when you don't play games with God. When he summons for you, you show up. Because you are not your own. You've been bought with a price. So if God want me in Rootville this evening at around 4 p.m., I need to have my little self in Rootville at 4 p.m. Do you hear me? Because he has summoned me. But now you hear God summoning. He's calling for the church. And many within the church are no longer motivated by the truth. They're actually saying to God, we'll come when we get ready. I'll be there if I feel like. But you weren't always like that. You would go hurting in your body. You would go if folk were talking about you. Come on. But now, any little thing. Look at Luke 24. I'm in the clothes. This is when people have so many excuses as to why they're not motivated by the truth anymore. Mm, Pastor digging deep this morning. Look at Luke 24. There's a lot of excuses. Let me show you some men who were once on fire for Jesus, but some things transpired and they was in a, they was in a bad place. Notice Luke 24 and verse number 25 is where we're going to pick it up. Now, these are men. These are disciples of Jesus who are traveling on the road to Emmaus. This is after the resurrection of Jesus has taken place. The women have seen him. Peter and John, I believe, have went but didn't see the body, just his clothes laying there and so forth. So there's a great commotion about what Jesus had previously said to the disciples about he was going to rise and so forth. But we know according to the scripture that even after the women went and talked with the angel about Jesus being resurrected, went back to the brethren, the Bible says that the brethren didn't even believe the women. That they had seen an angel and so forth. And, and so th this is very important. And so notice, notice verse 21, Luke 24, verse 24. Now, Jesus, as these men are walking, he appears to them. But they don't know that it's Jesus because their eyes were restrained 
from knowing who he was. And so the whole time Jesus is walking with these two disciples and he's listening to their conversation. And then in verse 21, we're picking it up. But we, this is what they tell Jesus, not knowing it's Jesus. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since all these things happened. They talk about Jesus and Nazareth being crucified, this, that, and other. But notice what they say in verse 21. But we were hoping. We were hoping that, it, that, that he was the one. So, so they have some doubt. As to whether he really was the one. Now watch verse 22. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body and came saying they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Now let's drop down to verse number 25. Then he said to them, oh foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophet had spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory, beginning at Moses and all the prophets. Notice this. He expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Notice this. Jesus took the scriptures from Moses to the prophets and talked about himself in the scriptures. He revealed to them that he was in the scriptures from the beginning. He expounded on the word to them. Then they drew near to the village where they were going and he indicated that he would have gone forth. But they constrained him saying, abide with us. For it is toward evening and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Y'all stay with me. Now it came to pass, he sat at the table with them. He took bread, blessed it, broke it, gave it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they knew him. And he vanished from their sight. But this is what I want you to see. Then they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? Verse 33. So they arose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together. Notice this. Their heart burned. They said, did not our heart burn as he opened the scriptures? The truth motivated them. Listen, obviously they was headed in the wrong direction. Because after the word motivated them, they were moved to action to go back to Jerusalem and get back joined with the brethren where they should have been. This is some good teaching. See, sometimes you're out of place. And so the response that the word is coming to bring is to get you back in place. To get you back to where you need to be. Tell your neighbor when the word motivates you. It'll move you to get back in the place that you need to be in. How many ever had God send a word and it got you back in the place you needed to be? Not just talking church, but got you back to praying because you had got to skip in prayer. Come on, I'm talking praying at the house. God will send the word, saints, that will be designed to get us back in the place that we need to be. And thank God these two men. They were so motivated by the word. Notice the scripture say, in that very hour. 
You know, it didn't take them a long time to turn around. It didn't take them a long time to recognize, hey, we don't need to be here. We don't need to be on this road. Oh, while you're preaching so hard, pastor, because somebody's here and you're traveling the wrong road. You're traveling the wrong path. This word is sent to motivate you, to move you, to action, to get back on the right path or the right road. Let's close in in our main text. Notice as Jesus is coming, the Bible says in Matthew 20, we'll close it, in verse 29. Now as they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him. Behold, two blind men sitting. By the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out saying, have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. See, when the blind men heard about Jesus, they were motivated to cry out. They were motivated to lift their voice toward him. Listen for me, in seeking divine help. Now, remember what I told you. Part of being motivated is to be pushed to persevere. Right? Y'all hang in here. Don't let me lose. To be pushed to do what? Let's watch them. Let's watch and see if they have the right motivation. And behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. Then the multitude warned them that they should be quiet. But they cried out all the more saying, have mercy on us, Lord, son of David. Tell your neighbor right there. They will push to persevere. See, when you get motivated, everybody's not going to be happy for you. You can leave here today and tell, for I'm back in the place I need to be. And God is going to use me in a mighty way. Everybody's not going to shout. The multitude that were following Jesus, when they heard these blind brothers crying out, should have been happy. Should have been happy. But they warned them to be quiet. See, don't ever think... Because you are motivated, that everything going to get out of your way and let you do what it is that God told you to. I'm I'm in the cold, but I know that's got somebody. We'll get motivated. But we only motivated, listen to this carefully, Brother Rodney, you only motivated for a Red Sea moment. You motivated long as God split that Red Sea and opened up that sea and let you walk across on dry land. Oh, yeah, my God could do anything, save and fail. But see, sometimes God will let you stand right there at that sea while it's closed. And he'll demand you to give him praise in front of a closed sea. Come on, sometimes God will tell you to give him a praise and you just got turned down. A door just got slammed in your face. But he want to see, are you motivated to know that even though they said no, I can make them say yes. I can show you. I'm closing. But that is the problem with so many church folk. They are motivated up until adversity. Some of you leave here Sunday and I know you done heard. I know you were motivated when you left. But my God, I cannot 
I will not motivate Deacon Hill for an hour through the word. And then I got to come and get his hand, not the other hand. Come on, Deacon Hill. It's a step right there, brother. You got to take a step, brother. Come on, take another step, Deacon. Take another step, Deacon. Deacon, Deacon, take another step, Deacon. Come on, Deacon, you can do it. Do he need to wake up in the morning with me sitting in his living room? Turn around, Deacon. As soon as he get up, I, hey, Deacon, we ready. Come on, hey, I'm here. Let's get it. Let's get it, brother. Stuff got to be done today. The Lord which? Come on. Come on. You got to be motivated. Can't, I can't run your life. Come on, brother, boy, sister Lisa. Now, either they love each other or they don't. I ain't doing marriage counseling every day. I ain't going to their house every day trying to convince him he love her and trying to convince her he love what I look like. I'm over here working on my... Not that I don't have time to truly counsel folks. But baby, you hold your hand, make y'all stay together. Uh-uh. He has to be motivated to be the husband that God has ordained him to be and that I teach him to be. She has to be motivated to be the wife that God ordained and that I teach. You can be seated. Minister Bree, stand up. Come on, just come right here a little bit. Try not to get y'all on camera. Every y'all were dressed right. That's right, right there. See, you never know. I can't motivate her to be a sanctified single woman and hold her hand through the process of being happy and single. She got to know what the word teaches. I can't make her not be desperate if being desperate is what she wants. You can be seated. Come here, Deacon Johnson. Yeah, all right. I can't make him be a faithful single man. Either he motivated to be an example, to do right, or he's not. I can't hold his hand. I can't show up and tell every woman that tried your broke. No, the Deacon John don't leave him alone. <laughs> and they're going to be looking at me like, who that's your guard dog? No, that Pat, Pat's looking out for me. <laughs> and I'm not going to be outside his house at night trying to see if he really. <laughs> what I look like here, there's a bushy. Pastor, that's you. I ain't doing it. Y'all laughing, but I'm not doing it. Young people, either you motivated to live right or you're not. We can't stop what the world doing. The world was there when we was young. Believe it or not, we had pressure on us too. Tell you, never they cried the more. They cried the more. 
Because they were stirred with enthusiasm. But taking they what pastor want us to get the most about being motivated. Take neighbor, let's do it together. Tell somebody, let's do it together. Shout to a neighbor, let's do it together. What I love about this is that you don't got one motivated. You got two blind men, two people motivated. You know what they were saying to each other? Let's get our miracle together. Let's get our better together. Let's get our bigger together. I don't want one person motivated in the church. I want the entire church motivated. That's my desire. Look at somebody and say, let's get our better together. And tell them that when Jesus saw their motivation, tell somebody when he saw their motivation, tell them that he didn't bless just one of them. Uh, tell them that he didn't bless just one of them. Tell your neighbor he blessed both of them. What is he saying going to happen in a place of refuge, Noonan? Everybody that's motivated. The Holy Ghost saying, God got a blessing with your name on it. Listen to me. And something good is about to happen for God's people and for God's church. Because when it comes to truth, we are responding. We are excited. Are you with me? Yeah. I'm done. We Let's give him a break. We pray by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.